0: The Gerontological Society of America, Advancing Innovation in Aging. Welcome to GSA on Aging. I'm Howard Degenholtz, social media editor of The Gerontologist, a bi-monthly publication of The Gerontological Society of America. In this episode, I interviewed Brian Kasky. Brian is a professor in health management and policy at the University of Iowa. He wrote an interesting article, The Increasing Use of Cannabis Among Older Americans, public health crisis, or a viable policy alternative. I caught up with Brian as he was driving across Iowa to lead a focus group on this very topic. Afterwards, I called my mom to find out what she thinks. Brian, how you doing?
1: Very well, sir, let me put you on the speaker here.
0: Excellent. So what got you interested in doing this study?
1: Uh, Over the last decade, we've seen a, a tremendous increase in. What a lot of people might say is inappropriate prescribing practices. So, uh, before the opioid epidemic of the last few years, uh, we had an increasing number of antipsychotic medications uh, resurfacing into the clinical care of older adults who are residing in, in nursing or assisted living. And so that really struck me. Um, you know, the, the actual prevalence of prescribing rates really has gone up quite steadily since uh, the mid-90s after the initial effect of Nursing Home Reform Act. And nobody really seemed to be putting a fence around it, let alone even looking at it. So that's often one uh, part of my research life. I was working on that stuff. And in my uh, service role at the university, that's kind of what I was just talking about, I have a a decent amount of uh, opportunity to engage with policymakers and otherwise in Iowa. And a senator uh, approached me about the same time I was doing this opioid and and antipsychotic surveillance, and he asked me about cannabis. And he, Iowa, the state of Iowa, was thinking of uh, following the lead of our neighbors to the north and to the east, Illinois and and Minnesota, and they didn't have any information on it. And so, as a part of that um, request, I did some background work for them, and we put together some hearings, and we had very compelling testimonies provided by, uh, for example, a, a vet, a person who served in. Iraq ward suffered post-traumatic stress and he uh, came back and found cannabis to be able uh, an effective way to manage his anxiety his PTSD. And then there was a woman who had a uh, epileptic baby. And it's just uh, just a impressive narrative about how she only was able to stop the baby's seizures. Uh, when she was able to provide the baby something called cannabis oil. And and I didn't really know a whole lot about this at the time, so I was like, cannabis oil, what's that? Right. And so um, what struck me, here's the flashpoint, after we did that work, is nobody was talking about older adults. Right. And um, I was like, jeez, holy cow. Um, It struck me, for example, that Cannabis might be used as a substitute or a complement to all the opioids and antipsychotics that were being prescribed. And so, you know, as, a, as good research goes, that led to the question is, well, what's going on?
0: Tell me one fun thing about doing this research in this population.
1: Well, the fun thing is just meeting these older adults who have. Developed or evolved, or their thinking about this issue has been changed uh, over time. I mean, think about it. You don't see this a lot in in aging. Uh, think about people's personality structure, for example. It remains relatively fixed once you hit a certain age. Uh, think about people's intelligence function. Um, it remains relatively fixed. Uh, for a certain period of age. Well, now we have this event out there called uh, medical cannabis and you're seeing older adults change their attitudes uh, from attitudes they previously held when they were younger and attitudes in this case, which generally are moving them to be uh, more supportive of medical cannabis not uh, always for themselves but for other older adults who are experiencing pain or a disease, that's, uh, for a lot of people, this is a big thing to witness in uh, their loved ones. So we hear stories like, oh, my neighbor had cancer or my brother experienced um, MS and he started taking cannabis. And it really seemed to help him." And it's those stories that really, uh, they pull me in and and so i'm not a a a biologist i'm not a, a, a clinician so i don't really study that part of the phenomenon but i'm hearing enough to say we should be studying it and and that's hopefully what this research uh can provide a platform for that people take this a little bit more seriously
0: so my conversation with brian got cut off he was driving through some rural areas and we uh had to end the conversation kind of abruptly but after I talked to Brian I thought you know I want to get a uh, reaction on some of the things that he's talking about so I called up uh, somebody uh, who's kind of an expert in pretty much all things at least as far as she's concerned alright I got a question for you are you ready?
2: yes
0: yeah. um, do you think old older adults should use cannabis
2: it's something that they've been using, and they're used to it. And also, if there's if there's a reason, you know, medical reason or there's pain, yes.
0: Would you use it?
2: Would I use it? I don't know.
0: I mean, you have uh, you you have a lot of pain that you deal with. Would you use it for pain?
2: I would try it, but I'm not happy. For me personally, I'm not happy with the idea of inhaling anything because I have a, I do have a lung problem.
0: So would you eat, like, what if it was like, um, like, uh, something you could eat, like, uh, kind of like a pill, you know, or like a sugar free candy?
2: Um, I would try it then.
0: You would? What if it was illegal?
2: I think that at a certain point in one's life, if there is, you know, pain that is difficult to manage and one could use a cannabis to alleviate it. Uh, yeah, I would use it if it, was just, if it were illegal.
0: So what if your doctor said uh, you should try it? I would try it. Did you ever doc- ask your doctor about it? No. What about the woman that helps you with the pain, the acupuncturist?
2: Uh, we've never discussed it that, that's never come up as a, as a topic of conversation
0: you, why not I mean certainly she's thought about other stuff for you right
2: Well she doesn't use any kind, any kind of internal pain you know anything that would that would be taken by mouth How do you know uh, No actually I've never discussed it with her.
0: Do you think it's different than alcohol?
2: I honestly could not tell you because I would have to know what the rea- what the physical reaction to the cannabis would be as opposed to what I have seen and know uh, about the physical reaction to uh, alcohol.
0: So you're saying you've never tried smoking pot?
2: I've never tried one?
0: You've never smoked pot. That was a question. Oh, once! Once! The truth comes out. Once. Uh, do tell.
2: <laughs> on the tape? You're on tape, Mom! <laughs> you really want to know about my misspent use, huh? Uh,
0: it's, it's... Somebody has to know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'm afraid to give it to you because you'll use it as a... As a uh, as a, as a
0: hammer. You think I'm going to blackmail you? I'm not. I'm just going to put it on the internet. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> All right, go
0: there. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I had a lot of fun talking to Brian and to my mom and I look forward to speaking with you some more soon. That's what Bill Clinton said. He didn't inhale. I never, I never had sex with that
2: woman. Are you there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. To learn more about The Gerontologist and to read its latest articles, visit the journal website at geron.org. The Gerontological Society of America was founded in 1945 to promote the scientific study of aging, to encourage exchanges among researchers and practitioners from the various disciplines related to gerontology, and to foster the use of gerontological research informing public policy.